This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Real Robot Challenge. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Stefan Bauer, Research Group Leader with the Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems. Welcome, Dr. Bauer. Thanks, Tanya. It's nice to be here. Give us a quick summary of your professional background in robotics and artificial intelligence. So currently, I'm a research group leader at the MPI for Intelligent Systems, where we host a range of platforms for the Real Robot Challenge. And previously, um, before that, I did my undergraduate and master's in mathematics at ETH Zurich and spent uh, my time during my master's um, at UC Berkeley working on control theory. Afterwards, I gained a PhD in machine learning from ETH2 before joining then finally uh, Max Planck Institute, where I worked mostly then on reinforcement learning, causal inference, and representation learning. And my key interest is actually to learn causal relationships from data. And one of the key problems there is that we don't have benchmarks to infer causal relations from, from, um, from uh, for inferring causal relations from data. And the reason is that it's very, very hard to um, observe ground truths or have ground truths for real world problems. Quite often there's hidden confounding and the best idea which we could come up with where we have um, a rich enough data source where we observe the ground truths or can control the environment and where it's quite cost um, effective to generate large amounts of large amounts of data is actually robotics. And that is why we are quite interested to use these um, robotics benchmarks for our research in causal inference. And we are likewise very excited about the possibilities to advance robotics in itself and provide them to the whole community as a benchmark. So explain the real robot challenge. What is it? How long has the challenge been running? And what's the goal? So the Real Robots Challenge actually started for the first time last year, around the same time. And this year, we just recently started the first phase um, of the simulation st uh, stage of the second challenge. So um, the Real Robots Challenge is actually a, a robotics challenge in the cloud. Here at MPI for Intelligent Systems, we have roughly eight platforms running and spare parts for 10 more platforms. And we provide these um, robotics platforms as kind of a cluster service to the community. And how you can imagine that is that we host these platforms in our uh, cellar in Tübingen, and we allow the participants of the challenge to submit the algorithms to our platforms. And this is similar to a cluster system. So you should submit a job and you get results back. And our platforms, so our robots are um, intended for manipulation because it's one of the key unsolved problems in robotics, I would say. Um, so they have three fingers and they are roughly replicating a human hand. So here, for example, I have three fingers, they, which can be used to manipulate objects. And this is a rough scheme of how we intended to use the platforms. So the platforms have three fingers, each has three degrees of freedom, the three cameras around, and the um, participants get a live stream of a webcam and, uh, surveying the platform, and then three additional cameras at a very high rate, which observe the scene from these different angles. And then the goals are different. So in a very, we start with very simple tasks. So just pushing an object or lifting an object, and then it gets harder and harder. So in later stage, you need to move an object to a randomly sampled um, uh, goal, which is 
roughly randomly distributed in the whole arena. And then you need to actually orient it even in a later stage. So you need to move um, a, a cube or an elongated object to this random goal position and orient it, for example, in the air. And these are already very, very challenging control or, or reinforcement learning tasks. What is singularity and how do the competitors use the system? Yes, so singularity is actually just the one of the requirements to basically um, submit your code to our system. So it's it's the problem is a little bit how do we make um, how do we provide access to the robots to participants. So it's um, so these robots still they they are quite um, even so the, most of these parts are actually 3D printed and they are still expensive and very valuable to us. So we cannot just provide basically an open system and then anyone who who gets access might either block the system or even be able to destroy it. So first of all, we somehow need to verify who you are or that you are actually able to use them in, in a proper way or in a useful way and that you're just not necessarily interested in harming the robots. And once that is done, you basically need to be able to submit your code. And that needs to go um, through some submission system. And the way how you need to structure your, your, your code is basically a container. So we don't even actually know what you actually finally do in your code. So if you want to, for example, if you claim, for example, that you have an advanced algorithms, you don't need to show us which algorithm you want to use. You basically just show us first in the simulation stage what you are able to do and perform. So for example, moving the cube to a new goal position. And if you're able to achieve that, we don't even ask you to show us how you did it. It's sufficient that you basically demonstrate that you can fulfill the task and understand what the robot is um, supposed to do. And then once you, you show that in simulation, you actually get access to the real system. And we might, we ask you to actually publish your results. We ask you to be as open source as possible. But if you are really interested to keep your things private, you, you, you can still participate. You can just not win prize money because we actually intend to open source everything. So our robot design is open source. Our submission system is open source. Everything from the data we collect will be open source and provided. But if you still believe that, for example, you want to use your algorithm for commercial purposes, and you can still participate, but you will not win a prize money. And then how, so, so we don't have necessarily access to your submissions. Um, and you submit your job similarly to what you, for example, what you would do to a cluster system, where you would run a, a typical machine learning algorithm. You submit um, your code in one of these containers, which is in this case, a singularity container, and then it will be executed on one of our platforms. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is the scale of the challenge? Where are the competitors located? So the scale of the challenge, there are these different phases and um, there's still a hardware limit. So for example, we have these eight running platforms and these platforms can only run for up to 24 hours a day. So, the, and then it can run for these 24 hours a day for a couple of months. And this gives a necessary, this gives a hard limit on what time we can basically provide to the participants. And we basically make it harder. We make the stages of the challenge harder and harder, such that at the later stage, you actually will get more robot time to have more data and more time to actually tune your algorithms and achieve that. 
Because in the base package, we actually provide solutions basically to the simple task to make it as easy and as simple as possible to get started. So the participants last year in the simulation stage, they came from all over the world. So they, there were multiple submissions. And then we actually have to thin out the field a little bit. And the reason is that we basically, in simulation, anyone can participate and you can use your own resources. But once we move to the real system, we basically need to make sure that um, the robot time is used, uh, the, the robot time is as useful for the participants as possible. And if you are unable to solve the tasks in simulation, it's very, very unlikely that you will be able to solve the task on the real system. So it's better than to give that time to someone who actually was able to solve it in, in simulation already. And so in the simulation phase, multiple people and multiple labs participated. And then you needed to hand in a proposal of what roughly you would want to do. Um, so to describing your, your algorithmic approach in, on a high level on, on three pages. And we scored, um, and you needed to report your scores you achieved in simulation. And there you could cheat. We necessarily didn't check them. So basically, you self-reported what scores you achieved in simulation. And if the scores were high enough, we granted you access to the real robot uh, system. And for the real robot system, there were then basically in the in the first year, last year, there were only eight participating teams. So it was quite a, quite a hard task at the beginning. So already pushing and lifting these cubes were, were quite challenging for a lot of participating labs. And there were, for example, um, mostly labs you, you would actually know when, when working in robotics. So for example, TU Darmstadt participated, University of Stanford participated, University of Washington participated, Toronto um, and, and NYU. And so these are actually fairly well-known labs, I would say. How do the accomplishments from the challenge help push the boundaries of robot science and technology? So there, I believe, are a couple of, of um, directions in which they, they push the results. So one of them is actually that um, it's, for the first time, I would say, a benchmark which is shared across multiple labs. So previously, a lot of labs had their own system, developed an algorithm, and showed that their robot was able to do something. But the algorithm was not necessarily transferring to any other system, or we did, we did not necessarily know if it would work on another system too. So for the first time, at least for our algorithms, we can benchmark what works in the real world. Um, and the second step is, so if you're actually interested and want to have more runtime, or you can actually build a robot at your, at your own university or, 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 or set up even privately, and it's very inexpensive. So most of the parts are 3D printed and off-the-shelf components. So it's not that expensive to build these platforms. And if you even have just an idea and want to, for example, have a setup and you're more a software engineer, let's say, or a machine learning researcher and cannot necessarily work with hardware, we actually provide setups. So if you have an idea, for example, you say, oh, it would be super interesting to manipulate clothes, for example, or, or soft material, then you can write us and we will basically provide that setup for you and you can just submit your algorithms through the cloud and, and, and work on the platform which we provide. And that's quite cool and challenging. The key problem is, of course, that somehow if you want to actually calculate rewards, then you need to have something like object tracking. So, for example, right now, the reason why we started with cubes and elongated objects for manipulation is that for these objects, we provide object tracking and the ground rules from this object tracking. So every 10 frames per second, you basically get a signal where the cube is located in the arena, in which orientation, and you can use that for training your RL agent. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, continue. 
And 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 for some setups, this is just infeasible to do. So, for example, if you want to ma manipulate soft material, like let's say a T-shirt, you want you want to, the robot to do your laundry, right? So we throw in some T-shirts or some shirts, and you want to fold them. Then the key problem is how do you get the the um, the ground truth state for this soft material? It's it's very hard, and and it's it's um, a very interesting problem on its own right, I would say, and it's not trivial at all to provide that to participants. I love it. And it makes programming robots accessible to just about anyone. Where can people go to find out more and follow along as the 2021 challenge ramps up? There are actually two uh, channels. So one is uh, on Twitter. We are very, we try to be as active on Twitter as possible, where we post, for example, GIFs or small video stories about the, the robotics challenge and our handle is robot, uh, robot challenge. So on Twitter, if you if you are interested in the real robotics challenge, please go to um, uh, Robot Challenge and follow us. Or our homepage is realrobotchallenge.com, and you can likewise find other information, for example, on our own homepage at the MPI for Intelligent Systems, or on my personal one. If you go to MPI for Intelligent Systems and search for my name, and then all the robotics parts are actually linked. And then our open source in initiative is carried by this Open Dynamic Robot Initiative which is actually a framework which is carried by multiple universities and um, the MPI for intelligent system and um, some labs in, in, in France and some labs in the US. Um, and there you can likewise find all the building um, parts for the robots. You can find the 3D prints, the 3D scans, and you can likewise find a lot of the data we generate in the robotics challenge if you want to, for example, use that for offline IL. Dr. Stefan Bauer, Research Group Leader with the Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Absolutely. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on ZDNet, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.